0: Neil and Debbie, in America,
1: with United Airlines,
0: GDO. <laughs> Progress is not guaranteed.
2: By fighting back. By coming out. New York City just gone. It was done before. It can be done again. This is our time.
3: Happy World Pride Gadio. Neil and Debbie. Woo! Hello. From New York City, City, the streets of New York. We are here for World Pride on gavio
4: with the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. Check oh out my the crowd. The well, you check, you can hear it, but you can't see. So we will going to, for the next four hours, bring you everything that's happened for World Pride. I mean, my God, where did we start? We've got Pat show. Uh, we'll catch up with Peter Tatchell
3: later on, and Ooh, the cast of pose. <laughs>
4: On one city to celebrate 50 years since Stonewall Riots. <gasps>
3: it's uh, they, well, they reckon about four and a half million people are in the city for the weekend. And
4: Neil knows half of those uh, <laughs> those people intimately. Intimately. We true. are on Fifth Avenue with East 12. It is. I've never seen so many people wearing rainbow uh, t-shirts. They, I mean, we've got parents say, "I'm proud that my son or daughter is gay." Yeah. It's, the, everyone is has thrown themselves into this World Pride. I feel the happiest I've ever been as a gay person walking around. We're a
3: much family. We're yes, a that's family. I tried. Our Boy, tribe I tried. I make we make found our cry. tribe. don't make me cry. There's so much stuff coming up on the show. As we mentioned before, we're going to catch up with Peter Tatchs a bit later, and we're going to find we're going to delve into the history of Stonewall and find out why it's such a significant. A period in history I think the best. Way to put it. And of
4: course we have bumped into one or two key stars
3: of Pose. Yeah, We're very excited about that Make mother that. another drink. <laughs> <laughs> and also we have a chance for you to win a competition with United Airlines for you to win a trip to New York City as well. It's all coming up on today's show. <laughs>
4: We are in Washington Park. Washington Square? Yeah. Washington, Washington Square, Square. Square. You bad New Yorker, Out, yeah. out. Delaney, you are delicious because we walked past you, we just sat down, mm-hmm. and you're holding up a placard. Would you read what it says? It says, what does pride mean to you? So, we were attracted to this. What does pride mean to you? Um, for me,
5: I'd say it would mean like freedom and love and truth and strength.
4: Now we have heard that this, a little birdie told us, this is your first Pride. It is my first Pride, yes. First of all, congratulations. And what has sort of prompted you to come out? Is it because it's Stonewall's 50th? What's the deal?
5: Well, I am helping my boyfriend um, make a video about like Pride and I've lived here for like four years and I had never been and I'm like really glad I came. Um, I actually grew up in the South too where it's like very different culture so I told him that this has been really inspiring to me and like very encouraging to see people just be loved and accepted and celebrating this way because it was definitely not like this
4: where I grew up so when you say it's not like this is it sort of homophobic yeah, way def-
5: you live? for sure yeah I think we're like growing and coming a little bit further but when I was talking to him and saying like in my high school um, no one was out and it's like you had people who were like you su- suspected might be homosexual, gay, or bi, and but no one was out and we just couldn't talk about it comfortably.
3: Will you be telling the people back home about your trip here and if, if so, how will you can communicate it to them?
5: So I live here now and I've lived here for four years and yeah, I'll definitely like talk to them and I feel like I'm becoming more open and honest and strong and like how I handle like going back home and conversations that I have with people there and how they view the world and the things that I'm learning. Cause I'm learning too, yeah. We
4: all are, we all are.
5: <laughs> and we're gonna go to Stonewall the, after a bit, yeah.
4: So is this your first visit to Stonewall? Um,
5: I've definitely like walked past it before, but this will be the first time I'm there for this specific reason.
3: And do you know much about the sort of history? Of this?
5: I actually don't. I know I was realizing I need to do a much better job of um, educating myself and what learning about so the history. I did a pretty good job <laughs> of
4: learning, so really, I have to say. Well, we are going to be speaking to, uh, later on in the show, a guy called Eric who is behind an incredible podcast which is called Making Gay History. There's season five, which is all about Stonewall, so I'll pass that on to you. And Delaney, congratulations on your first Pride, and it's great to meet you. Thank you, you guys too, and happy World Pride.
3: We are stood immediately outside the Stonewall Bar where 50 years ago the riots took place which gave birth to the modern LGBT rights movement and we're here now celebrating world pride on Gaydio.
4: And to see there's thousands and thousands of people streaming past in Solidarity, it's our tribe. 50 years ago it was a small group of incredibly brave people who were arrested and who could have lost their jobs, and they did lose their jobs, and actually far worse. And listen to it today! No, yeah. listen, who could have foreseen this would have happened?
3: Don't you just feel that you're completely plugged into our family, being yeah. amongst all these people as compared our, our tribe? tribe.
4: Our like who says, with cool. our tribe. And if you can't love yourself, how the hell's you going to it. anyway?
2: from here, standing in New York Harbor as the Statue of Liberty, holding a torch that has been a beacon for immigrants and asylum seekers and refugees for generations. Our diversity, our people, is what makes New York City the greatest city in the world. And 50 years ago, 50 years ago, those brave activists, they stood on this street and they fought back. Progress is not guaranteed. Progress is won by fighting back, by coming out, by speaking out, by organizing. It was done before, it can be done again. This is our time. Let's keep fighting. Let's remain the greatest city in the world. Happy Pride, New York City!
6: Don't fuck it up!
3: So we have arrived at the apartment of LGBTQ historian Eric Marcus, and it's, it's a blisteringly hot day, it's, isn't it? Debbie? We are.
4: Sw- I honestly hope we've got sweat dripping down our brows, but right. this guy is so interesting. Yeah. I can't wait to chat to him. Let's go up. It's uh, oh, apartment there. A, apartment okay, A. There we are. There we are. Hello? Hi, Marcus. It's Neil and Debbie from Gadio. Hi, Thank you. Hello, oh,
3: Marcus.
0: Wonderful.
4: Very you. nice to meet you. I wasn't
3: picturing you. Were you expecting us like this? <laughs> Sweating. <laughs> Very nice to
6: meet you. <laughs>
7: yeah. me
8: pride. New York, New York, a hell of a town. The Bronx is
6: up, but the battery's down. The people ride in the hole in the ground. New York, New York. It's a hell of a
4: town. I'm Eric
7: Marcus and I'm the founder and host of Making Gay History, the podcast.
4: Can we take you back to all the people that you've interviewed about the Stonewall riots? Mm-hmm. Now, there are a lot of different conflicting stories of how it started. How do you think the, the riots actually kicked off so it became known as the Stonewall riots? Mm-hmm.
7: This is my story about the Stonewall riots, and I'm sticking to it. My mother was in Greenwich Village that night. This is this is what I this is my memory. She was in Greenwich Village that night on the way to see her Indian guru. She had a, a guru named Sri Chinmoy, and she happened to be just by the Stonewall at, uh, when the when the riot broke out. She ran inside. She picked up a cocktail glass and she threw it at the mirror. the The glass broke. The mirror broke, and that was the beginning of the Stonewall riots. And don't tell me that's not so because you <laughs> weren't there. So you can't challenge me on that, and and my mother is dead, so you can't interview (laughs) her.
4: that's the truth then.
7: So that is my truth.
3: How much do you think has been embellished and how much do we know now is is the truth?
7: We know a lot about what happened at Stonewall, uh, based on David Carter's book about Stonewall. It's a definitive book. Um, I try not to get into the details of who did what and who was where when because memory is such a, a, a uh, memories change as you recall them um, and we also remember things as we wish to remember them and also as we wish to remember Ourselves in them um, So I think I actually I was actually at summer camp at Camp Luema in uh, June on June 28th of 1969 Asleep in my bunk. It's possible that I might have uh, might not have gone to camp until two weeks later um, I don't remember exactly anymore. My mother remembers those dates, but she's long dead So I like to think I was in, in my bed at, at summer camp dreaming of my cat tiger um, I had a girlfriend um, so it's a really really long time. ago. <laughs> um, we played cards and held hands We had a really nice relationship and I wish I'd never felt compelled to do anything more than that um, Because it, actually if if society hadn't told me that you're supposed to do more than that I never it never would have occurred to me um, Because girls were great to hold hands with and play cards with and we had a great time so What we know about what happened at Stonewall is that that a number of things occurred at the same time outside the Stonewall Inn um, That led to increasing tension and ultimately conflict with the police The one story that I heard over and over again from people that everyone agrees on is that once people were outside so people were thrown out of the bar and there were people outside gathering. It was, it was early morning hours of Friday, June 28th, 1969. Typically, the police raided bars earlier in the evening when people hadn't had quite so much to drink and the streets weren't as crowded. Christopher Street, that part of Christopher Street, with Christopher Park right across the way, was a gathering place for a lot of street kids, and uh, street kids meaning homeless LGBTQ youth who might today self-identify as gender nonconforming, who've been thrown out of their homes from all over the place and came to New York. So you had these kids who had nothing to lose on the streets, who had been badly abused by their families and by regular people and the police. And you had people just walking the village at that hour. So they gathered outside as people were being thrown out, and it was somewhat festive atmosphere at first, people cheering their friends as they got outside, um, and uh, they were sassing each other. Um, But someone started throwing pennies and quarters and nickels, and that's the uniform story I heard, that that this is what began the uh, challenge to the police here's uh, you got your payoff you came for your payoff now here's some more i didn't know that's that 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 was why people were throwing the coins until i interviewed uh sylvia rivera and it was sylvia who said to me you've come for your payoff here's some more and so it escalated people threw coins someone threw a rock and broke a window there was an altercation between a policeman and um a lesbian who was being manhandled there was a drag queen who was thrown into a paddy wagon and was beaten up by a policeman As was described to me by a number of people in a riot situation or an escalating uh, confrontation various things happen in different places no one has a god's eye view an omniscient view of what's going on so many things happened um uh, i uh, and i like to think there are a lot of people who were responsible for what happened um, and for the confrontation to the police uh, against the police it was a collective action um, and it, it resulted in, in um, a situation I'm sure the police could never have imagined, that these people, fems, fags, flames, queens, who they were accustomed to chasing through the streets of, of New York um, and, and beating without any kind of, of uh, backlash, they were being chased by these kids. So I, I love that image of these fearless young people giving it to the police who had tortured them.
6: You may write me down in history With your bitter twisted lies You may trod me down in the very dirt And still like the dust I'll rise Does my happiness upset you? Why are you best with gloom? Cause I laugh like I've got an oil well Pumping in my living room So you may shoot me with your words with your eyes and I'll, I'll rise, rise, I'll rise, I'll rise out of the shocks of history, shame up from a past.
3: Your podcast, Making Gay History, is an, it's absolutely fascinating. You really touched on some of the stuff today talking to us. Why was it so important for you to, to create this podcast and do what you do?
7: I think, and I'm not a spiritual person or a religious person, but I think the people I interviewed, most of whom were dead by the time we started this, that they were not satisfied with a book where I translated their oral histories into print. those were highly edited interviews and the podcast is highly edited too but they wanted to tell their stories in their own voices and they found a way to get me to do it three years later uh, 50 episodes um, 2.4 2.5 million episode downloads in 200 countries uh, and territories around the world and we hear from our fans and to hear how they are affected by these stories out of the past is so encouraging Um, i've had so many people write young people talk about how it's inspired them to change their major in college and get a uh, a law degree in civil rights, or um, uh, this young woman named Mina in Russia, who translates, she's 15, she translates our transcripts into Russian and posts them on her blog, which are then shared, uh, so people can follow along with the episodes um, uh, in in Russian, because they they don't speak English. Um, And she talked about how she was inspired by Vito Russo, the young man who sat in a tree watching the Stonewall Uprising, who later became involved in the movement because of the Snake Pit Raid, who founded GLAD, co-founded GLAD, co-founded ACT UP, and died of AIDS in the early 90s. And in his interview, in the episode, he talks about passing the ball from one generation to the next. So I think of Vito having passed the ball to me. Um, so I found his book in 1981 when I was a temp at Harper & Row Publishers, now Harper Collins. Seven years later, they commissioned me to write this book. And I'm 60 years old now. Mina's 15. I hand the ball to her and all the young people who can carry it forward. So I feel a real connection to the people I interviewed. For anyone who's interested in the Making Gay History podcast, you can uh, subscribe to us um, at makinggayhistory.com. You can download us from virtually any of the uh, podcast players. You can also go to Making Gay History's website at MakingGayHistory.com and listen to all of our episodes there. And you'll also find additional information. We do essentially a magazine article about each of the people we feature or each episode with lots of links and information plus archival photos.
4: We are in New York City, and we'd like to bring you here too. We're a sniff away from Times Square. It's my favourite city in the world, to be very honest with you. We've teamed up with United Airlines to give you the chance to win a holiday right here in New York.
3: Yeah, we sorted two return flights from London Heathrow with United, who fly non-stop from London Heathrow, Manchester, Edinburgh and Glasgow.
4: There's also access to the United Club lounge at Heathrow Airport after you've checked in. And that's
3: not all. We're also going to put you up for three nights... In Hotel Beacon, New York City, in a luxury one-bedroom suite.
4: Do you know what else they've done, Neil? A what? What? beautiful people, thrown in a bottle of wine and chocolates.
3: So you'll be playing across the Gadio network. Terms and conditions apply. How do you enter the competition, Debbie? You go to.
4: Oh, that was cheesy. You go to Gadio.co.uk and click on Win, and good luck.
0: Neil and Debbie
9: in America
4: with United Airlines.
9: Gadio.
2: From the top. Everybody ready? Here we go.
6: five six seven eight one One. Singular sensation. Every little step she takes I absolutely love this
3: We're wandering through Central Park at the moment Here on Gadeo Debbie And who have we bumped into? Well
4: we've, we've bumped into some beautiful people With these amazing flags Rehearsing Now who have we got here?
0: My name's John Rubio. Dan Douglas
4: Now who are you?
0: The Flaggers. <laughs> <The flaggets? laughs> yes <laughs> Can you explain
4: what we've just seen going on? We are
0: putting together our performance For tomorrow's World Pride March
4: So who are, who are the Flaggers? The
0: Flaggers. I founded the Flaggers in 1991 we're the oldest gay color guard in the world. Um, so this is our 29th year of performing, yeah. Our 26th performance in New York City, uh, 22 years in Philly. We perform in New York and Philadelphia, New Jersey. We've done gay games opening, cl- bunches of stuff.
3: You guys going say, you probably hear uh, stuff going on in the background. What, just explain what they're doing. They are, I don't know what
0: you call it. <laughs> ripple! They're learning a ripple. So it all happens in sequence from front to back. We just use a lot of simple stuff so that you only need to learn, you know, a little bit of choreography, but a little bit goes a long way when you do it in succession, so some parade tricks. How did you get involved? How long have you been involved doing this? I've been doing this for seven years. I've been doing Color Guard competitively for 20 years. Yeah, all of us have performed at the world-class level, um, which is why we come here and we learn the whole kit and caboodle in six hours, because we've, we've been doing this for decades, most of us, so... Yeah, we're no just once lost
4: an eye because they go up quite high. These flags. <laughs> these go up quite yeah, a high.
0: couple, a couple uh, jammed fingers, but no, no lost eyes. We knocked out a brunch table once.
4: Oh, no. <laughs> but you must get such a great reaction on the parade because this is
0: visually. I mean, you nearly took my eye out. I took your eye out. I hope not. I hope it <laughs> just caught, caught your eye is all we're going <laughs> for. Not yeah. the height of professionals, yes. Toby. <laughs> yeah. This year we have uh, the furthest. Marcher is from Los Angeles. This year, we have a few people from Texas. This year, from Atlanta and North Carolina, Montreal. So yeah, this is our largest group ever. It's very exciting.
4: Well, have a fabulous Pride! Happy World well, Pride! Happy Pride
10: to you! Happy pride yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Celebrating World Pride on Gaydio, it's Neil and Debbie here and it's 50 years since Stonewall and, uh, well, we needed to go and speak to a certain person, didn't we? Well,
4: Peter Tatchell, of course, and we were lucky enough to be invited to an apartment he was staying in, a stunning apartment near Central Park.
3: We're with human rights campaigner Peter Tatchell and uh, equality campaigner, of course, as well. Uh, We are celebrating here in New York 50 years, of course, since Stonewall. I was just wondering, when can you remember, when was the first moment you first heard about what had happened in New York at the riots?
8: Way back in 1969, I was 17 years old and had just come out. I never heard about the Stonewall Riots themselves, but I did hear about a subsequent Gay Liberation March a few weeks later. And that was my inspiration to become an activist. I thought to myself, yes, we are an oppressed minority. Yes, we do deserve equal rights. And I want to be part of that process. So I've been campaigning ever since, my 50 years campaigning, mirrors and parallels the entire post war period.
3: Where did you, can you remember where you exactly heard that piece of it? presumably it wasn't on the the mainstream media, was it?
8: It was a news short in a a, a newspaper, a news in brief. It just simply said something like, um, last night, homosexuals marched through New York to demand equal rights.
3: And why did that spark your desire to start your amazing 50-year campaign?
8: Well, of course, in my hometown of Melbourne, Australia, where I was at that time, there were no LGBT plus organisations, not even any counselling services or helplines. There was absolutely nothing. And so, for me, um, realising I was gay, feeling confident that I was gay, and feeling aggrieved that we were so badly treated, of course have that example of other LGBT people fighting back that was truly inspirational and I thought to myself yes I want to be part of that too so in those days there being no campaign organizations in Melbourne um, I was a lone lone voice a lone activist um, I can remember going to gay friends and saying let's form a gay organization and they said go away go away you're 17 what do you know you'll get us all arrested So I was very isolated Um, and all I did was write letters to newspapers and things like that. Um, And initially, of course, I was afraid to sign my name, let alone give my address, because in those days, in 1969 in Melbourne, uh, homosexuality was still a serious criminal offence. You could be jailed for several years and forced to undergo compulsory psychiatric treatment. So I was very afraid, but eventually I, you know, plucked up the courage to sign my name and even give my address. But I did so, you know, fearing that I might get a policeman's knock at the door. It never happened, but that was a real genuine fear.
4: Peter, this is astonishing. So you were a lone voice in Melbourne. Did you not have any support around you?
8: None whatsoever.
4: (gasps) This is the first time we have interviewed you several times. I had no idea about that. You're not petrified.
8: I was afraid. And, And other people were afraid, and that's why they wouldn't join me. You know, they feared they'd be arrested. They feared the policeman's knock, which I feared too, but my anger at anti-LGBT oppression was greater than my fear. And that's why I stuck my neck out and did that. But yeah, I was very afraid.
3: on the streets of New York City celebrating World Pride. And now they're literally, we've got to the point in the uh, procedure where parties are breaking out just literally on the roadside. Wow, I can't even tell you what we're looking at, but there's some
4: sort of dance going on that will make Rihanna blush.
3: There's a whole bunch of girls in the middle of the street and they are shaking their booties. They're doing
4: something to their booties. So I might go and join them. There's so much more
3: to come on Gaydio. As we celebrate 50 years since Stonewall, well pride. Let
1: me take you to a place I know you want to
4: go. Now, there are some amazingly dressed up people, but my eye was caught by Move Over Nefertiti, Move Over Cleopatra coming at you. We have got, what's your name, please?
11: I'm Dean.
4: Dean, we're at World Pride. Can you tell us a bit about why you're here, why it's so important, and why you have dressed up so beautifully? Uh, Well, I love
11: Pride uh, because it wasn't something I got to celebrate growing up. Uh, My parents weren't very uh, cool with me being gay. And once everything settled, once the dust settled from that, and I got to be in a place where I'm an adult, and I can live my life, then I was like, yes, let's celebrate. And let's celebrate with like-minded people.
4: We, that's so beautiful to hear. We were at Stonewall for the commemorative uh, rally, and we were there with the original activists, where they were out and proud, but they were the only ones. What does it feel like as a gay guy, and all of us have had trouble with our families, when you can just walk out with all of uh, you know our tribe and feel so fabulous and proud to be part of World Pride?
11: I feel like World Pride is such a celebration Uh, Pride in general is such a celebration, and World Pride is such a celebration. And I feel like this is an environment where people are here to support straight, gay, bi, trans, pan, uh, asexual. Everyone's here to support. So, like, I get to come out, feel supported. I get to come out and help support other people. People are like, I love you, you look beautiful. You look beautiful, and you look beautiful. We all look beautiful. beautiful. We're here. You do look beautiful. Just explain what you've got on.
3: Where did you get all this outfit? Because it is amazing.
11: Okay. So, um, I follow a designer who creates looks for these parties in Chicago, and also Billy Porter did a thing at the Met Gala this year where he was carried in. So I sort of like meshed the two ideas together, um, and I crafted everything you see myself. Um, some things took a day, some things took forever to figure out, but I figured it out. I'm super proud, and I. I'm so happy that it's being received well. You look like a pharaoh. Thank you so much. Yeah. That's the that was yeah. the the That's goal. You happy World Pride, Gaydio.
1: Like no other, flawless, absolutely flawless.
3: Flawless, absolutely,
2: be absolutely flawless.
6: We're here! We're
10: queer! Shut it!
4: It's Neil and Debbie in New York! Continuing our conversation with Peter Tatchell.
3: Now Peter was presented with a United Airlines Equal Award, which is part of United's commitment to LGBTQ equality in their workplace and in every workplace really. Uh, I asked Peter during this part of the interview why was it important for him to be at World
8: Pride in New York this year? Well, I'm primarily here to honour the LGBT plus veterans and pioneers who began it all. Now, of course, there were earlier homosexual law reform movements in the UK and the US that's true and I pay tribute to them but what was significant about the Stonewall riots was not so much the riots themselves although the fight back against police harassment was significant the really major thing was what it led to which is the formation of the Gay Liberation Front in New York which soon spread to other American cities and not long afterwards to Britain and across the Western world That was the real beginning of the modern LGBT plus movement because the Gay Liberation Front, unlike previous homosexual law reform movements, was not obsessed or solely focused on law reform. That was part of the strand, part of the agenda, but it was a a much wider, broader critique of of the whole level of social homophobia from the church, the police, the judiciary, the prison service, the media, Um, plus, of course, uh, one of the calling cries of the Gay Liberation Front was come out, come out wherever you are. So many of the earlier homosexual law reform campaigners, understandably, were in the closet because they feared arrest. Um, They're not openly doing this as as themselves, as out LGBT plus people, whereas we were. And of course, uh, in response to the call from the Gay Liberation Front, thousands and thousands of LGBT plus people came out for the very first time in Britain and came out and protested to demand our rights. Now what is interesting is that the word equality never passed our lips. We were not interested in equal rights within what we saw as an unjust society. We want to transform society for the benefit of both LGBT plus people and straight people as well. And we also saw a common cause with other marginalized communities uh, and with women. You know, so we've very much allied with the women's, black, and trade union movements. Um, we thought that you know we have to work together to be truly effective, and that if we do work together, we can make substantive social change. So social transformation was the mantra, rather than equality within what existed. You know, we were critical, critical of what existed. We saw that even for many straight people, they got a raw deal. We want to change society to uplift everyone.
4: Peter, can I ask one final one? So we're lucky enough to be in New York over World Pride. And we are, you know, we can walk down the street holding hands, doing whatever we want. We don't feel threatened. How do we keep the memory of the people who were brave enough at the start, and they were involved in those riots, be it in in New York, be around the world, how do we keep that memory alive? Because there are people, we're learning things about Stonewall, we never knew. And it's only because we can hear the voices of the people that were here when when it happened. There are people who are now young LGBTQI people who have no idea about the history. How do we transfer that to the next generation? So it's not just, oh, it's pride, let's put some glitter on and walk down Oxford Street. How do we keep that key message for the next generations?
8: Well, first, it's a key responsibility of LGBT plus organisations and the LGBT plus media. But... Even more significantly, the history of our struggle should be taught in schools. Alongside the history of the struggles of women, black and ethnic minority people and many others. Um, It's important that all young kids of future generations know the battles that were fought and eventually won. But know that in the process, many people paid a very high personal price. Sometimes with their lives in order that we can enjoy the freedoms that we now take for granted. So education is the key. And it's also not only the key to create awareness, but it's also the key to challenge prejudice, to prevent bullying in our schools, to prevent hate crime on our streets.
3: Uh, Peter Tatchell, it's always a privilege to talk
8: to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, and happy Pride.
6: That's it, baby, when you got it, flaunt it, it! We are in New
3: York, obviously, for World Pride, and we're trying to meet as many fabulous people as we can. We've met somebody even more fabulous.
9: Hello, what's your name? My name is Izzy Berdan.
3: Oh, fantastic. I just, I love your moustache.
9: Why, thank you very much. Did you wax that? Oh, absolutely. Mandatory. If not, it's just another afro on my face. So what brings you to Pride? Do you come every year? Uh, I don't come every year. Um, I, I try to visit New York uh, as frequently as I can, but I am Boston-based and spend most of my time in P-Town. And what are you thinking of this year's Pride? Well, oh, you know? it's brilliant. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it, it gives people um, an opportunity to come visit New York either for the first time or to revisit uh, a chance for an anniversary memorial moment. Um, but I also like the fact that as somebody who visits frequently, uh, we don't have to participate in those. So it's like, no, all, all the tourists go to those places and we're gonna have our own separate party slightly off the main drag, and then everybody wins. I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful, I'm
10: beautiful, damn
4: it. I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful, damn it. Everyone's complimenting you on your outfit. Could you describe it? I know, it's so it? annoying.
9: <laughs> uh, my outfit, oh that's right, we're radio. So uh, from the bottom up, uh, some white sneakers, some peach socks a peach cut-off short, a poncho uh, that is covered in iridescent paillettes, that is sheer, a leather harness, sunglasses that are heart-shaped with a fade of blue to pink, where the earpiece is actually chain-dangling in a gold tone, capped off with quartz, finished off with a parasol from Thailand in a beautiful green. That is the best description we've had ever, .co.uk. That was brilliant. Thank you very much. You're very, very welcome. Happy World Pride, Gadio. this awesome? Ain't this <laughs>
0: Neil and Debbie, in America,
4: with United
1: Airlines,
0: JDO.
3: One of the things we really wanted to do was to share with you the press conference that we attended at the Empire State Building. It was the launch of the Pride March with the Grand Marshals, wasn't it, Debbie? It was
4: actually really quite moving because they had some of the original Stonewall activists who were there. The cast of Pose came on and the whole room went <gasps> and all the, the cameras were going click, 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 click. And, oh my God, is she 20 foot tall? I have no idea, Dominique Jackson, who plays our favorite character, mother another drink, <laughs> Electra Abundance, and she started talking about what we should start to do as human beings and members of the LGBTQI community. And it was really moving, here she
10: is. It's a pleasure, I'm tall. <laughs> it's a pleasure, yeah. They they shoot me shorter, I know. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here today. We have to just come down to one basic foundation. We have sexualized and objectified each other for way too long. We have fought based on the fact that we want to be as privileged as instead of being as equal to. So today, I ask you all that we break down these barriers and we understand what it is to be intersectional what it is to be inclusive, what it is to be human. Before we discuss body parts, sexual positions, and sexual preference, we must remember that each and every one of us are human beings. That is the foundation that we should all come from. That is the foundation that we should lead from. And we are about the progress of our world. Let's stay out of each other's bedrooms. Let us stop monitoring and thinking that we have agency over other people's bodies. But let's come from a place of understanding that we all contribute to this world. As an icon in the ballroom scene, I will tell you, life is not easy as a trans woman of color, but we have the strength and the resilience to fight, to continue to be who we are. But we do so by leading with kindness. We do so by erasing the hate even though the hate is thrown off at us, pushed off on us. Every day that I wake up and I see that another one of my sisters is murdered. Remember, you're not attending funerals because of age or because of illness. These funerals are because of murder, because people are afraid of the bodies that we live in that they themselves love so much. We are so admired to the point where it is better to kill us than to love us or admit you love us. Ladies and gentlemen, we are human beings, each and every one of us. It is not about any of our identifications but about the progress that we can make for the world because identifications tell way too much about our private lives when we need to be saving lives. Thank you. No
6: matter, cause there's
10: something inside so strong.
6: I know that I can make it. Though you're doing me wrong, so wrong. You thought that my pride was gone. Oh, no. Something inside so strong. Oh, something inside so strong.
3: We went to the Empire State Building to catch up with some of the Grand Marshals that are going to be there on the parade this year. and. Amongst them were these amazing veterans who were veterans from the original uh, march and from the original Stonewall event itself.
4: Well, the really brave people who, it was illegal to be gay, and they were out there taking on the police. I mean, it was, uh, when you hear them speak, you realize, oh my goodness, I've got so much to learn. I've got so much to learn. Here is one of the original veterans talking through his
0: experience. Mark Sigel, Stonewall participant. Never 50 years ago, did I expect that I would be standing here. If this many LGBT people in 1969 had gathered in one room, we would have all been arrested. The change in New York in these 50 years are incredible. I went in that bar a frightened 18-year-old child from Philadelphia. I left that bar defiant and angry at seeing the police brutality against our community. The graft, the corruption, slamming bodies up against the wall. That ended. Outside, I was proud. Outside, for the first time, I said and yelled, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay. Everything that we have today as a community comes from that first magical year. The one thing I ask you to take away from this is visibility brings pride. Today is Gay Pride Day. Be visible!
3: Thank you. The director of UK Black Pride has been honoured as one of the marshals of this year's World Pride here in the Big Apple. Lady Phil gave a, a brilliant speech at the Pride March press conference at the Empire State Building. She got very emotional at the end. So, what we're going to do is play you a little clip of that followed by our interview with Lady Phil.
1: So, I will leave you with this. It says, none of us... (laughs) None of us are free until all of us are free.
6: Thank you very much.
3: So here we are with Lady Phil from UK Black Pride. Um, an amazing speech you made at the press conference today Thank for you. World Pride. How? I mean, you got you had us crying at the end there.
1: Oh, stop! Uh, you know what? I'm absolutely thrilled. It's really, really exciting to be a Grand Marshal, but to be coming over from the UK, also bringing global LGBTQI solidarity and rights. You know, whilst this is great, and I keep on saying, all the rainbow flags, the mugs, the banners, everything looks fantastic. We've got to actually remember why pride started and also that it's a protest and it is political for many of us we're fighting for our lives for many of us we're trying to think about where our next meal's coming from especially as queer people of color that we're challenging not only the phobias but the racism and the structural and systemic racism that exists in society but I am certainly here to celebrate and to be among so many amazing people. Um, yeah, I'm just
4: excited and thank you, Gadio, for, you know... Well, you wouldn't have seen it, but the cast of Pose were welling up at your speech in there. Mm-hmm. You've obviously caught up with them and chatted to them. Yeah. What's what sort of the conversation sort of been with, with, well, the, with it's them? it's
1: definitely been about we are going to stay in touch because as they are my trans siblings, i am an ally whether i'm going through many different challenges myself i'm an ally and they're talking about coming over to the uk how they can show solidarity and how we can show solidarity so watch this space for october
6: oh, oh okay, what a team! you've got the
1: exclusive oh here right yes
3: what's the importance of uk black pride
1: well you know what's the importance of pride We know that Pride is significant and crucial for many of us to be visible, to be seen. So when you talk about UK Black Pride, it's the same thing, but talking about those who may seem even more marginalised and not included in wider mainstream LGBT activities. So, you know, in an ideal world, we wouldn't need a Pride. And then we will definitely not need a UK black pride, but we don't live in an ideal world. So we need to look at all the different multidimensional layers of who we are
4: and celebrate who we are. Look, we're very aware you're about to start off that you're grand marshalling New York pride, world pride. We better let you go. So we'll let you go now. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy pride. Happy pride.
3: From New York City, this is Neil and Debbie at Pride and we are celebrating 50 years of the Stonewall riots. We've been of course to the Empire State Building for the press conference which was for the big march, the Pride march itself.
4: You couldn't make this up. So the Pride conference finished and we were told, right, everyone's got to go, everyone's got to go. We went round the back because we knew a guy and who comes out of a very, very secret entrance but the cast of Pose. Mother, mother herself, Electra Abundance towered over us and, and we had a chat with her she was lovely we got a great photo with her
3: I hadn't realised that Dominique Jackson was as tall as no. she is she's amazing she's a model yeah, she she's is, a model yeah, incredible oh, so we, beautiful
4: we also cut up with Blanca
3: well now this we really weren't sure whether they were like really her security dealer was like no you can't talk you know they were trying to get, whisk them through to get them into the parade because the parade was about to start but I literally managed to catch a few words with MJ Rodriguez and she was just fierce MJ we're, we're from the radio in the, in the UK. How do you feel about to be grand marshalling today? It
11: feels amazing. It feels great to be seen. We're showing out for our community and you know what? We're just going here to be proper. That's all we have to do. There's a lot of young ones that are looking up to us. There are a lot of people that are looking forward to change and we are, all of us who are here, are the change. So it feels good, it feels good.
3: We love the show, there's so much love that comes out of the screen from the show. It must be there on the set as well.
11: Well, yeah, I mean a lot of us have known each other for a good minute, me and India, me and Dominique, a lot of us have known each other for a long time, so that love was already there, but it's just grown so
3: much. I love you. Love you too, all the best, we love the show.
4: bad time in New York City almost strangely and we will share this with you on next week's show we're off to the closing ceremony now for the whole of World Pride guess who's playing go on that's a kicking. <laughs> Jake Shears <laughs> well, but, Jake Shears is playing as Margaret Cho oh, is yes. hosting the whole thing and Melissa Etheridge oh I said it right well done you Melissa Etheridge. well done Debbie <laughs> is performing as well so it Thank you so much, New York. Thank you so much at World Pride for everyone who's put this together because it has meant so much to so many people.
3: Yeah, we'd like to say thank you very much to United Airlines as well. They've been fantastic. Reminder, of course, our competition. Get yourself online to gadio.co.uk for your chance to win a trip to New York City and experience just some of the delights that we've been experiencing over the weekend, really. Over the weekend. Really.
4: Oh, the weekend don't we don't want to go,
3: we don't oh, want to go. But well, we haven't finished yet. Still, the, the amazing thing about this Pride event, it it happens all over the city, and it's almost impossible to get to everything, but we've we've had a pretty good try at it, haven't we?
4: Well, we've done our damn deals. <laughs> We work hard for the money.
6: money. <laughs> I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its tree. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream That one day on the red hills of Georgia
0: Debbie in America
1: with United Airlines.
0: KDO.